Patrick Hooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Mercy Hall and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. Potentially, we are just days or hours away from a very unique round one experience for Supercoach AFL Fantasy Dream Team and draft coaches of all styles and formats. It is a fantasy footy year like we have never seen before. And here at the Coaches Panel, we're going to discuss every potential scenario and situation we can forecast so that as we enter into round round one, whether it be Thursday night or there be some changes, we're here to help you navigate this fantasy footy season. Joining me on the line, I've got Tim. Hello, mate. G'day, how's it going? It's good, it's good. And Rid's on. Hello, buddy. Hey, buddy, how you going? Look, I'm good. It's a bit weird not having anyone in the studio, but, you know, playing our part to keep people safe. That is for sure uh, of what we're trying to do. Lads, so many questions for fantasy footy coaches. And at time of recording, we're still awaiting the official announcement regarding round one from the AFL. It was anticipated Tuesday night. They've delayed that announcement a further 24 hours and potentially could again. Meaning, right now, we don't know if there's going to be a change to round one. We don't know if there's a change to times of, of games, amount of fixtures. There's so many questions. So I, I, I think, Rids, let's, let's go to what is seeming to be championed by the players, if you believe the media reports. We're not going to comment on whether this is good, bad, indifferent, or otherwise. We're, we're going to leave that to other people. Here, we're, we're here to talk about fantasy football, but, but Rids... On the presumption that a 22-round season gets underway for us, however that looks, does anything need to change to our starting squads? Yes, it does. Why is that? Because we are likely... Okay, so we don't know the time frames sure. for those 22 rounds for a start. Even correct? if we get 22 ones, yeah. Well, yeah. So the reality is, there's every chance in the next month that we're going to have a break of about a month. Sure. Every chance. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but every there's chance. a possibility. Yeah, sure. Every chance. We're seeing everywhere around the world. I mean, competitions that are way bigger than the AFL have shut down. Mm. They've shut down shop. Time to go home, come back in a few weeks, and we'll see where we go. That could happen here. So. The reality of the situation here is we need to start being a little bit smarter around our starting squads because guys who might have had good job security in those first few weeks, it, potentially I'm looking at the Zerk Thatcher <laughs> of the world, okay? <laughs> if they stop round after round one, and there's a four-week break and Hooker and what's the other fool's name that plays in the back line, Ambrose... <laughs> are back from injury, what does that mean for Zerk Thatcher? Correct pronunciation. So, what's going on there? We've got to be a little bit cautious about who and who we can't. Now, the problem we got, though, is we don't have... Well, we, whilst we got quite a few rookies, we don't have an oversupply of yes. sheepish rookies. So, we're just going to have to... Everyone's in the same situation, so that's a good thing. Ownership numbers have to come into play, but you really, really need to start thinking through this. 
Now, another thing I want to throw out there is the Brody Grundys of the world. Oh, good. Because last week you talked a little bit about him, about taking him on. Has some of what's changed in the past week in our world impacted into the way we look at our fantasy footy games? Yeah, I do. I think it has to, doesn't it? Like, we're talking about, we wanted to take him on early, correct? But we're going to be taking him on with guys who haven't played a lot of footy in the last 12 year, months or so. 12 mm. years, I was going to say. 12 months. No, it's about right for Sam Naismith, to be fair. Sauce, Jacobs, Naismith. Nick you Nat. know, a few of these guys. Nick Nat. Segler had came back after an ACL, you know, only mid-year or whatever it was last year. We're talking about guys who who need continual football to prove a point and get price rises. So the initial risk was, let's not start Grundy because there's a lot of value around there. Now, what changes? Well, is a Sam Jacobs likely to be able to stop and start and stop and start or play quite a few games in a short period of time? Can we rely on a Naismith now? We definitely can't rely on Nick Nat playing a couple of, you know, a few games in a short period of time. And, I mean, they're even floating around that you play, what, a couple of games against the Perth teams on a certain round when you fly over and fly back. And there's a lot of, lot of moving pieces, isn't mm. there, really? Yeah, there, so, there's so much to change. So, A, we're not sure on the cash generation of the rookies because we don't know their job security this week, let alone in four weeks' time when they might play their second game. Sure. Number two... We don't like the reliability or durability around the Nick Matnats and the Naismiths and the Jacobs of this world because they just haven't had that much football be underneath their belt. Three, we know what Grundy outputs. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, no doubt. There's no doubt about it. So if Grundy has a bad two weeks, what's easier? Do we trade him out? Or if he has a good two weeks, finding the money or a Naismith misses or whoever it is, finding the money to get back up that in two weeks' time, which might be really, in reality, eight weeks' time. But mm. who knows? You know, there's a lot of moving pieces. What does the rookies look like in eight weeks' time if we've only played two rounds? Yeah. There's one uh, extra little thing on Grundy, and that is that with the AFL putting the whole fixture up in the air, there's no guarantee that the, you know, the Thursday games stay on Thursdays and the Fridays stay on Fridays, so... Where Grundy's been really popular for having a, been a great VC option early, there's no guarantee that actually happens in reality. He might not play in the first couple of games of each week anymore. Mm. Yeah, but then oh, no, with just, the rolling lockouts, just, though, the rolling I reckon it, that just means he's a captain lock option rather yeah, that, than a vice yeah, captain right. option. Yeah, that's right. It just might make it harder to plan for a particular one if we don't know what the AFL's going to do with that sort of thing. Yeah, so there's a lot of moving pieces. So, MJ, to answer your question, I have done a full backflip on starting Grundy right now due to what we know. Um, you talk about an interesting point, and, team, I'm, I'm keen to get your take on, you know, the buy rounds and, and, and the ever-evolving process around that. Again, we don't know a lot, but talk me through the potential soon. You talk about these guys that are coming back from longer-term injuries or, or big gaps of not playing a whole heap of senior and competitive footy. Does that flow on, and you mentioned Nick Natsource Jacobs, um, does that flow on to a Sam Doherty for you as well? Is this me? or Tim? Yeah, yeah, for you, and then I want Tim to talk about the, the buy-rounds in a second. I think that you have to start thinking there's a lot of risk around this now. Right. 
Sam Doherty, like, I mean, God love him, okay? He's one of the best defenders that we got, mm. you know, as an option. And he's two or 300,000 cheaper. But the reality is he hasn't played a hell of a lot of football in the last couple of years. Nope. So what does that look like from a soft tissue perspective over the course of four to eight weeks where it could potentially be stop, start, start, stop, play two or three games? Does he pull up sore? Does he get rested? Does he not? Does he do a hamstring after not playing football for four? Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, There's a lot of variables there, isn't there? There is. And look, it's speculation, speculation and hypotheticals, but you know that's what we're trying to caveat today in this conversation. Yeah, and the Both obvious and thing is, the obvious thing, sorry, Timmy, I'll just finish one sec. The obvious thing is, though, that's obviously for everyone, but it's the guys with that history, isn't it? They haven't had that continuity of football over the last couple of years where we really start getting a bit concerned. Mm. Yep. No, I was just going to say, Butterfant, David Butterfant, the former uh, Collingwood and Carlton um, fitness guy, basically came out on Tuesday and said that exact thing. He said, if you're playing a lot of games in a shorter space of time, it increases the risk of soft tissue injury and knee injuries, I think were the two that he mentioned. So mm. that's pretty much guys like Doherty and Nick Nett and that sort of thing, exactly as he's saying. Do we do we throw Josh Kelly into the mix of that conversation too? <sighs> That's an interesting one. Um, I'll let Tim have a shot here and then I'll back him up. Look, uh, well, I mean, it, I guess it depends how the season ends up unfolding. Totally. Do we actually get games that quickly? Yeah. You know, in the end. Um, hopefully we, the AFL lets us know before round one starts, whether that's Thursday night or, uh, or any other time. But if we're kind of guessing or if they do confirm, yeah, you know, the first four rounds or the first five rounds will be in three weeks or something like that. Um, you know, he's definitely going to be a higher risk of, of doing it. Yeah, so I was just going to say, if it's an option between Kelly and someone around the same scoring potential, like a McRae, just say, sure. or whoever is around that mark, even a Dunkley, mm. who, have, who one has a slight history of missing games, the other one has a history of durability and their running machines and the way that they play... I think it's got to be that you have to go with the guy with the more dur- like durability about him at this point in time. That might change in four weeks. Of it course. might do a complete swap. But the reality is if it's, a, if it's a choice between two with the same scoring potential, yes. Yeah, right. Fair enough. If it's a choice of do I start Josh Kelly or do I look at starting someone lower that I don't think is going to score the same, it really depends on the second part of that is where do you utilise that money elsewhere. I wouldn't be going changing massive changes in the midfield especially because the reason is Josh Kelly is selected as a scoring captain option Absolutely. Okay, at the start. Everyone knows my thoughts about Josh Kelly. He's one of my favourite players to watch outside of Tigers. But the fact of the matter is his scoring potential is nuts. If he could just stay on the park for that it's period huge. of time, he's going to be the number one mid, I think, for the yeah. year. Yeah, I think he's right in that conversation, no, no doubt. Tim, him and sorry. yeah, him and Dunkley, I was just going to say, are the two that I would think are the captain options outside of McRae or Grundy at this stage. Yeah, and you've talked about a lot of guys through that midfield that Tim are guys that are all coming off what we presumed 
was or believed was that round 14 multi-buy round. Now, again, at time of recording, it seems to be the AFL as a, a, a commission and the AFL Players and Players Association have a little bit of a disconnect in terms of how many games they want to play in this quote-unquote 40-week window of time that they want to get the 2020 football season away. One of the big unknowns and a potential game-changer in terms of our structure could be how they change their multi-buy rounds because Dunkley, McRae, Mitchell, Cornelio, Kelly... Uh, when he gets back and fit, Taranto, among others, uh, maybe you're looking for a unique crouch or something like that. They might no longer be sharing the same multi-buy round, and it could change our structures entirely. Absolutely. And so things you got to consider is, do we have a 17-game season? If so, there's probably no buy rounds. If it's 22 games, even there might not be buy rounds anymore because depending when the break comes in the season... You know, if it's all early, well, obviously, they'll have to cram games together closer. More likely to have buys, or if it's spread apart, you might not have a buy across 22 rounds and just have 22 rounds, and you don't need the 23rd anymore. And as you say, look, what if the the games jump around? So the, they're already talking about planning, as you said before, two games in Perth in a row or two games in Adelaide or, or whatever the case may be. Just It basically says whatever the fixture is, apart from round one, the fixture is, not necessarily going to stay exactly as it is on paper. Yeah. No, it's... I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's this real fascinating thing. And look, while there's a lot of unknowns, we will get more solid information out of the AFL inside the next 24 to 48 hours. Gosh, if we don't have in 48 hours, round one's underway by them. But um, we'll have some more answers around that. And every the one positive, I suppose, is, Tim... Every coach finds themselves in this last-minute position where they've done months of research or days or weeks or just copied foxes at coachespanel.tv or wherever it is. We are now all in this unique position at the same time where we're going things and the goalposts for how we structure our teams, how we choose to approach building our squads of 30. Everything could go out the window depending on where the buyers are, how many games we have, and even if the games are shortened, I suppose. Yep, absolutely. And so get, you mentioned all of the mids from the, the round 14 mids. I mean, just to take an easier example too, you might even have starting Grundy and Gorn now yeah. in if they're no longer on the same buy round or True. even if they are, depending how you go. But then you've got to look at it. Well, if they're going to play games close together, you know, how do you cover that if one of them is rested for a game? Like if there's a lot of games close together at the start of the season, you've gone fit enough yet to play all of those games in succession mm. you know what if what if Grundy gets a knock and he misses a game you know it doesn't take as much of a knock to miss a game if you're only resting for four days yeah totally so so particularly for the rucks like how do you cover that do you have to have a playing r3 do you have to have instead you know like a segler linked to it from the forward line is that just going to be a waste and because there might only be 17 games if that's the case do you need to take more of a risk and thinking that, you know, points on the board is, is bigger because there's less time to catch it up. There's just lots of little things like that you're just going to have to keep in the back of your head. And yeah. I think the other thing on top of what Tim just said then is we're very lucky this year with Grundy because we got an R3 option that's his backup pretty much in Darcy Cameron. Correct. So there's a lot less risk there 
if unlike otherwise, what is it? It's Gorn and, say, Luke Jackson. But is that only for round one? And it will Braden Proust be available in four or five weeks if round two happens then? Mm. There's a lot of variables there, you know? So, so, but with the Grundy one, the one that I really, really noticed was Darcy Cameron as your R3 option for Grundy alleviates a little bit of that, doesn't it? It does. And often in Dream Team and Supercoach, you know, to narrow in on those two formats for a moment, you're using that position of R3 more often than not as your vice-captaincy loophole to throw that player into the forward or, or back or the ruck line. Generally, it's a DPP guy. A, a popular one is Comden from North Melbourne. Do we need to look at a, an alternate position, Rids, that becomes our, for sake of a better term, the throwaway vice-captaincy loophole spot? Maybe it's, you know, an M10, for example, more so than an R3. Is that the better way to be looking now? Yeah, I think a DPP M11 type position would be the way to go at the moment. Someone who may not be playing that's interchangeable with, say, a Buderick or someone like that on the bench that you can actually swap in and out when you need to and then move around the place and throw on the field. Yeah, no. But again, even that is unknown at this of stage course. because how do we know Gold Coast isn't going to be the number one game of each fixture after the first few rounds, you know? Totally. You just don't know because it's going to be based around the availability and so on and so forth of where are we going to play, where are we not. I think I saw um, Carlton had applied for home games at Icon. Yeah, Geelong similar at their home gra- uh, training ground. Yeah, so you could start seeing maybe, I mean, is it, is it crazy to suggest that maybe you'll see Richmond games at Punt Road just to save some dollars? Because these clubs are losing hundreds of thousands of dollars by playing in an MTMCG or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, this whole landscape seems to be changing constantly, doesn't it? Yeah, it's very much changing by the day. You bring up this interesting point, Rids and, and Tim. I'm intrigued to get your take. Let, let's go off the presumption that what the AFL came out and announced on Monday um, from Gil McLaughlin in terms of a a 17-game season. Everyone plays each other once. Again, the Players Association are advocating for, you know, and the players are as well, more of a proper season in terms of games uh, for a variety of different reasons. But if we get to a 17-game year, let's spend some time on this conversation and hypothetical. Does it change you needing to go more mid-prices through your team or do you need to go more traditional guns and rookies approach? So me personally believes you have to look at guns and rookies approach. Why is that? I just don't think there's enough time and enough job security and money generation capability because you just don't know when the games are going to happen, okay? Sure. So, so... Not knowing that schedule of the 17 games also means that those dates are up in the air and they're going to be changeable at every point in time. So just because someone says round one's going to start in two days, we're experiencing it right now. We don't know. We're 48 hours away and we still don't know if round one's going to start or not this week. Mm. So this could happen every single week. They're going to have to have a period of time. They might even be mid-rounds where they make a decision to pull the pin for this round, you know, deeming if something's not right. So at this point in time, though, how do we know what 
rookie is available or has good job security at what point in time? I have no idea, MJ. Yeah. Could you build the, the alternate conversation that the year's more about finding value and that you won't get close to the comp- completed to a side? Degree, different? Yeah. Yes, but we've already spoken about the durability side of things. Sure. The reason why people are value is because they're A, they've either been injured, B, performed very, very badly, or C, they're a breakout candidate. All three of those factors have massive risk at this point in time because of the unknowns. So what are the knowns in this place? What do we actually know? We know that if Brody Grundy plays and every other ruck plays for the whole season, there is every chance Brody Grundy will be in the top two rucks for the year. Correct? Yeah, yeah. What do we know in the midfield? You know, what do we know in the forwards? Now, I'm going to throw a name at you and Tim right now. And I have no idea how to handle this guy, and it's Lockie Whitfield. How do you? What's your thought process around Lockie Whitfield? Now, if it was over a twenty-two course week, like twenty-two rounds or twenty-three rounds or whatever it was, we always thought that if he stayed on the park, he's clearly the number one forward option. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, he hasn't stayed on the park now. So if we're decreasing games or having breaks or having multiple games in a short period of time. This guy's got a history of one game-affected injury like what this guy's had in previously is going to ruin your whole season, is that not? Tim, do you want to so, take that one? Yeah, we sort of... Uh, I remember we chatted about this on the 50 Most Relevant podcast, and I think last year he had the two games, and he had one with a massive corky, I think, and the other one was a collarbone, is that right? Yeah. Um, but the two years before that, I think he didn't miss a game through injury. He just missed the game through that sort of suspension. suspension. Um, so it depends how you look at it. I think he'd had injuries for a bit and then had two years injury-free and then got those couple of impact lines last year. So it's... Um, could, it's I be, um, could I be a devil's advocate and say, what happened, though, when teams started to identify him as being integral to the giant setup, they started sending taggers and stuff to him, started getting more physical to him. Is that why he missed two games with the Corky and a collarbone last year? Yep, definitely could be. I mean, he's not the uh, the thickest bloke in AFL footy. Yeah, look at him, outside uh, of the semi final and grand final, his scoring still towards the end of the year from sort of round 18, 19, 20 and onwards, coming back from that injury in the Gold Coast game. Those two finals, which again, don't, didn't impact fantasy, but you're right, Rids gave us that great insight. Outside of those two games, it, it, there's no real scoring impact. But in finals, you're right, it's that different style of football. It is much more contested, Correct. much more bash and crash. And if, you're right, if that is the game style that is approaching the Giants and especially Whitfield, then yes, it could be a problem. He's a massive risk, isn't he? Well, it's a caveat we need to factor in, isn't it? Well, yeah, because, like, I mean, we saw that a tackle affected his collarbone or whatever, a a hard tackle or whatever it was, a contest did to Corky. Are people going out and starting to target him because they think that's the best way to approach it or not? We we don't know, do we? We We're throwing this around. But we've got history now last year where there was two games last year that he missed a large part of that game and got a injury-affected score, 
What happens in a 17-game season when he has two? What does that look like? Who knows? So my reality is there's a massive risk starting him now. Is it just as simple as uh, I'm just going to trade him to the best available because he's the most expensive forward? Well... It's more Is about it? having the, the ten point score on your field for a week. I think. Sure. In the, I mean, look, it's risk reward though, because seven. If it's a seventeen game season, then if you get like a ten point score on your field, that really hurts. But yeah, at the same five time, weeks if he doesn't do that, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, if he doesn't do that and you don't have him, then you know if he's putting out one hundred and twenty a week for five weeks, it's really risk reward. It's basically going to mean like things like that are really going to separate people due to a bit more luck. So it, I guess we're more talking about trying to mitigate it in team selection. Yeah. Correct. And it's interesting... So Rick's... we got to where I wanted to because we're talking about luck now. Yeah. So this year it's going to be a massive, massive, massive factor. I think it's going to be double the luck factor of other years. And you need luck every year to win. You need skill to get yourself in the conversation to be in contention, but... There's so much luck that's needed for success, and you're right. This year, with five less games, with so many more unknowns, boy, oh boy, you're right. That that factor does increase. Yeah, so I'm just looking at a theory case. Super coach numbers alone. Lockie Whitfield's in 50% of teams, sure. 57% of teams, and he's in the fifth most selected player he is. What does that mean, though, overall? On Does that mean that you can get, like, is the risk high? Is it like 57% of teams mean 43% aren't starting with him? So mm. it's, uh, as Tim just said, massive risk, massive reward, depending on how you do it and whether the luck falls your way. Yeah. I- I'm intrigued, Rids, of this hypothetical of the 17-game year. If you have a little bit of a slower start, again, we'll talk about what happens if in Dream Team and Supercoach we get our change to our our limited trades, but it's going to be if you have a slower start to the year, you've already lost five weeks to make up ground on those that have a stronger start. Does it mean how we start the year is even more dependent on the ultimate success if we're going for a rankings win? Of course it does, 100%. Because you've got less rounds to impact and make possible trains. So whilst this sort of, in a way, decreases strategy, it also increases strategy, but it's all going to be dependent on the luck that comes your way. So if you decide to start a mid-price only approach, and at this point in time, I really can't tell you what's right, what's wrong, because we've never been through this before. So it's just a gut feel on these things. So if you your gut feel is to have mid-price, and you're just going to go mid-price across the board and then try and hope that certain rookies miss and people get, you know, lock, like Whitfield gets a 15, whatever it is, sure. if luck goes your way, you're going to be miles ahead. Yep. That's the reality. And you're not going to be chased down anytime soon because we can't fix things quickly enough to get back, get you those points back, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's the problem we got with the 17 round. We've still got two trades a week. What was it, over 15 weeks? Because there's still 30 trades. They're talking about keeping that number. Mm-hmm. So there's only going to be one week we can't utilise two trades for the week, for the whole season. But if they wow, that, wait. Yeah. That's, that's everyone, though. 
Everyone's yeah. got the same thing. So if some guy over there has decided to go and got lucky and he's four, 500 points clear of you after one round, you're making two trades to catch him. But I can guarantee you now he's got no need to save trades now, does he? Yeah, well, it becomes much more like AFL fantasy, which is the further you get into the year the harder it is to make up the distance because they have the same amount of trades as you every week to use. And they're upgrading certain players constantly. And sometimes we we end up upgrading the same player at that same point in time. So there's yeah. no change. Yeah. There's no change to, the, um, to what we had the week before. So, again, this is going to be massively, massively important to get that luck factor early. And because we don't know, though, if round one happens in two days or not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> at, least, at least everyone's in the same situation. But the reality of the situation is this year is not the year to determine whether you're a good coach or not. Because you could finish one th- top 100 or you can finish... 50,000, depending on the luck you get. Yeah, it's more than ever before. You're right, Rids. It, it is the defining factor in the year. And you mentioned an interesting point, Tim. I'm keen on your take on it. Again, until we get confirmation on how many rounds we're playing, um, the more limited trade formats of the game and Supercoach and Dream Team are, are less likely to make a comment. But um, should we get a shortened season... And we lose the amount of trades we get. Again, it's unknown. Um, both of the formats have been a little bit hesitant to really be too committal about that at this stage. You know, Dream Team have indicated on Twitter that they're unlikely to super coach, less committal uh, around that. But um, if we do have a limited amount of trades, more than the 30 we have, that again too is another major strategy changer that would impact the way you start your team. So you're talking about, say, if it dropped down to 24 trades or something Yeah, if off 17 weeks, yeah. Yeah, well, as soon as you start dropping trades, even though you've got less weeks, it sort of means that a higher proportion of your starting squad is in your team for the whole year. Yeah. So if you assume there's going to be inevitable injury trades, there always is. You know, if you've only got 24 trades over 17 weeks, but, you know four, six, eight of those are injury trades, well, suddenly half of your starting squad is in your team for the whole season. Yeah. So that kind of means that particularly if they're going to jump around and have some shorter games or not, you know, do you need to focus on guys who are going to play? Like we were talking about earlier, do you need rookies who have job security to avoid zeros in games like that? Because you won't be able to get them all out or, you know, four-day turnaround, Matt Rowell's more likely to play than whoever else from the rookies, that sort of thing. So Dill sort of kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that sort of thing really is something to be considered when the AFL announces what they're doing. Yeah, and the other thing is, you might have planned to have Grundy in your team for 17 weeks for the season, Mm. okay? And you're not going to start him. You're going to bring him in after round five or six and then keep him for those 17 games. The reality is, if you want him for 17 games now you're going to have to start him to get those 17 games in. Yeah. Because at any point in time, that 22-game mark could become 17 in a heartbeat. 
So you're talking about these premiums that you want in your line, these ultimate scorers. I know we had conversation about Whitfield in terms of injury concern. We'll, we'll kind of park that to the side at the moment. Are you advocating in and around that the guys that you deem are the best at the best of the best, rather than thinking, I think I can catch them in three to four weeks or seven weeks' time, they become the guys you must start? Well, I think you have to because Tim's nailed it with the 17-round thing. The reality is a lot of your starting squad are going to be in your team at the end of those, at the end of the fixtures, mm. like at the end of 17 rounds. That's the reality of it. It's, it's such an intriguing new part to the game. One of the things that, again, I, I think is less likely to come up, but as we've gone to our Patreon community, you can join that too and get our exclusive cash guides, some team reveals, and a heap of other pre-season content. You can get all that now at coachespanel.tv. But Sorry, the, MJ. Yes, mate. My, my two-year-old ran up and jumped in, oh. so I had to quickly mute it. So my apologies, everyone. No, that's okay. Some, Do you want me to just quickly finish on that? Uh, no, no. No, it's fine, because I'm about to ask you another question. It's all good. Oh, easy. You well, can come back. That, it's all right. Well done to you, little one. Um, it's this question that we keep getting from our Patreon community, and it's definitely bubbling away uh, amongst the broader communities. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm happy to throw it out there, is will we see Dream Team and Supercoach change their pricing formula, which has been for ever since these games have started, a three-week pricing cycle, AFL Fantasy, that's all on one week. Do we believe we're going to see changes to that, to the game too, if it's a shrunk season? Or should they or will they maintain that three-week pricing cycle? No, they won't change it. Yeah. It's a pretty fundamental change without having tested it. I, I just think they're opening themselves up to something going majorly wrong if you fiddle with something like that yeah. two days yeah. before the season. You don't want to be touching code. No, no, two no. days or like or gaming style of the way coaches play formulas the formulas and calculations yeah. and logical stuff, and you don't want to do that. Good, Just don't do that. No, good. I didn't think they would, but want to throw that out there so that people are asking us. I've asked the question. We can jog on around that. I think there's kind of one or two more questions, and then happy to get your lads' take if if there's anything else. A lot of our Patreon questions have helped build and shape this episode as we're now just less than 48 hours away from round one, as best we know. And I think there's, you know, one of the questions I think that I'm keen on your take, Tim, is you've mentioned these, you know, potentially multiple games in a really condensed period of time. The AFL are intrigued and looking at what a mid-season draft period looks like and potentially even extended playing squads up to, you know, potentially up to 30, 50 players on, on AFL lists. Does this again start to become a, a thing that if it does come through, again, needs to be considered in terms of how we play the game? Oh, that I reckon that will catch out a lot of people who downgrade to a rookie who's playing their first game and only play one game because they only needed to fill in for a four-day break. Yeah. I, I can see it happening. They'll be like, oh, this this guy, you know, like John Noble or Will Snelling or whoever's picked up mid-season, like, bang, he's in. I'm going to downgrade to him because I need a downgrade. And the guy plays one game because he's not best 22. I'm sure that will happen. Um, in a 17-game season, do we have a chance to maybe wait for a third game? Probably less so than normal. Mm. So Interesting. It's it's going to take a lot of evaluation that one something like that. But also on that note for drafts, like how 
how did draft leagues handle an influx of like an extra one or two hundred players if if they were talking about increasing lists uh, list size of fifty or something like that? Or it's I mean, just do you like hold last an extra year, mid season draft, or they just added to the free agent pool. Yeah, I think it's like last year. I, I would suspect where these players got drip fed into our free agent pool, and we bid on them in a waiver wire, much like a, a player that's just been given a new ultimate footy position, where you've got to use a waiver wire pick to grab them. Once you've known it's got there, that would be my presumption of how, at least in that format of the game, w- would probably go. Yep. So then the UF or commissioners maybe need to like increase list sizes. I mean, this is each week just a decide sure. on their own, but. If they do that, because your players are not going to be playing every game, do you need to have squads of 35 or 40 instead of 25 or 30? It's just an extra thing for everyone to try and remember and think, oh, crap, that's right. We've got like teams of 15 versus 13 instead of 18 versus 18 or something. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating and intriguing to see how this works. You bring up this great point, Tim, and Rids, I'm keen on your take where we're in Super Coach and Dream Team. You do wait for a player to get on the bubble before you jump on them. Rids, are we going to have to jump earlier on these guys before they're on the bubble to maximize the cash generation of players? And even though it's going to potentially cost us on the back end, do we need to be even more aggressive with our upgrading in these limited trades formats? Um, I think the fact of the matter is it all depends whether they reduce trades or not. So if you've got 17 rounds and they're going to keep it at 30 trades you have to be constantly aggressive otherwise what's the use of playing yeah that's the whole game like you trade but the thing is the strategy of hold or not and everything else i it, you just lose it all don't you so i really just don't know at the moment i really don't so the reality of the situation is, do we jump early? Well, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it in this case. So why not? But, I mean, die trying, guys. Yeah, well, I, I think that's, you know, you, you make this great point around that this is not the year um, to go, I'm an amazing coach, look at what I did. Because more than ever before, and look... You need to have some skill to win it no matter um, what's going on. But more than ever before, you're going to need luck to be on your side um, to have a successful season. And we certainly hope that that it all goes your way, no doubt about that. Um, Rids, is it worth um, and almost time to wrap up the episode? One of our shorter ones because there's so much hypotheticals to talk about. I suppose there are more players I want to get questions on. But does... Is it worth copying? Because Tim brings up another great point too around these cash cows that might only play for a week or two and be gone. Is it worth copying that zero for the one-week pain for the long-term game? There is no long-term. Yeah. The long-term might be 17 rounds. And if you're three rounds into the season, there's only 14 rounds. It's true. Well, that's the reality. It's just these are all unknowns that, we have to try and cater for. And this is why we said it. Luck's going to play a massive part. If you go all mid-prices, okay, and your plan is that you're going to jump on the Grundy, but there's still a luck factor, okay, in a 22-game season that you're mm. hoping Grundy starts slow. I know I'm using Grundy as an example, but it's obvious, okay, because yeah. I've spoken about him a few times already. So the whole chance is that you're banking on him starting slow. What's going to happen now? Well, the whole landscape's changed. Has he 
is he going to start slow? Is he not? Is that a massive risk now? Because you don't have that 22 games to evaluate. I mean, were you using that money on, say, starting source or whoever it was instead of Grundy to get to a Doherty mm. who you don't want to get to anymore? You know, Devin Smith, he's another perfect example. What do we do with him now? Mm. So there's a lot of variables here that are just unknowns. So you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. <laughs> but I tell you now, the one thing I want to encourage is back your gut. Yeah. If you think that this is the way to go don't in this situation, don't listen to Joe Blow or Joe Blogs or whatever else because they have no bloody idea because we've never been through this before. Yeah, They wouldn't know brown from pink at this point in time so don't listen back yourself in on it some good advice kind of for you through there tim any last minute things that you feel like coaches again we've spent probably more time on this episode than than normal in terms of not mentioning afl fantasy and, and things like that so in that format of the game team you've had a lot of success in that format many of the members of the coaches panel have but um do you feel like that there's some real game-changing strategy. Again, we've, we're potentially losing multiple weeks through there, potentially having the buy structure change. Do you do you see this changing how you play the game of AFL fantasy? Well, I mean, it's as Rid said, it's it's generally been harder to come back if you're behind in AFL fantasy than in other formats because mm. everyone still has trades. It's going to be more so this year. So you, you really want to get on top like early, you want to have the right guys. Your starting squad is going to be very important in fantasy, I reckon. Yeah. Um, as for other strategy, look, as we said, we just have to wait and see exactly what everything is. But, I mean, look, there might be something little like something, for example, this probably applies across all formats, but if they're talking about having shortened games, so if you've got shortened games, are there any players who just die out in the last quarter? Like, if you remember a few years ago, Dustin Martin used to be on 80 at half-time and end up on 90. Yeah. So if you're playing a shortened game, suddenly he's better than he would have been otherwise. There might be guys like that. Equally, there might be guys like, uh, you know, I don't know if Doherty's always this, but guys who chip it around and get a bit of junk time up. Mm. Junk time's going to be shorter in a shorter game. So I know scoring is down in fantasy probably. I guess I think the Fox told us to point out supercoach scoring will probably be the same because they have the same total points pool, yeah. don't they? But um, might be more volatile. You might have higher scorers and lower scorers than normal. It's well, just a MJ, lot of mm. MJ, you guys are bringing up a massive point here. What happens if quarters are shortened? Yeah, scores change. Does that mean starting the top dollar, the highest priced, is wrong? Well, they're losing potential multiple scoring time. And, you know, a player like a Jackson McRae, who is like that, um, you know, not Dane Swan territory where he'd rack up 15 points in the last 30 seconds, but his elite athletic and aerobic capacity gets him from content to contest much more frequently. It's a fascinating discussion. Isn't it? So Tim's nailed it there, like... We don't know. We have no idea what they're going to do. But if we've got to have some sort of indication, hopefully, before round one, otherwise we're going, we're right. playing darts in a dark room. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you go for the, the premiums that are a, a little bit less uh, in terms of, you know, in an AFL fantasy, are, are you 
going, you know, I think you're going to have, you know, a Canelio anyway, but are, are you going for the merits over the McRae's? Um, where that extra $100,000 all of a sudden means you can boost up um, your cash cow in the forward line up to the Andrew Brayshaw or things like that. It's a real game changer if they do that as well. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, Tim's 100% correct on that. So, I mean, let's just say, okay, the AFL has to come out and say, well, the first couple of rounds we're going to plan to do 16-minute quarters. And then after that, we'll have a break and then we'll come back and we'll go 20-minute quarters. So you're absolutely mad to start the top-line prices if that's the case. Like, at the end of the day, even though they're going to score the same... Points per minute. Yeah, of course. But the reality is there's less minutes to score in in that game of football. So, what, four times four, 16 minutes. So 16 minutes of playing time... Yeah, where someone could potentially be losing up to 30, 40 points in that time. Yeah, and our captaincy scores that we normally would hold is that if they don't go over 120, we don't loophole them. All of a sudden, if you get 100 off your vice-captaincy loophole option, you're more inclined to go, I'm going to bank the 100 I have, even if it's a small one. 100%. So, yeah, so, I mean, it brings up a really good point. I know I've been banging on about Grundy, but that's the counter-argument, isn't it? Yeah. Well, for all of our and, big premiums, isn't it? Yeah. And it particularly, that changes whether it's 30 trades or 20 trades or 24 trades as well. If you've got a tra- 30 trades, well, you know, what Ridge just said is going to be spot on. If you've got shorter games and therefore the magic number is going to cause all the big premiums to drop money early, if you've got two trades a week, you could easily start like a Brayshaw and go up to a, a Whitfield in, you know, only a few weeks because the gap should get smaller quicker yeah in theory but if you've got less trades it then becomes more of a balance again it's true oh man (laughs) okay so can i just can i just go on a little bit of a gripe at the moment yeah i've come off the long run mate here we go Uh, no 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 long run it just it just annoys me a little bit at this point in time okay when we start a new season before round one can these formats please default the sort on the players as price, not total points. Like, what does total points mean? Like, before a season you're not gonna, started, yeah. Like, do it as something logical like price. Just before price. Anyway, that's all. That's just, it annoys me, it frustrates me that you have to go and change that filter because it's not defaulted at price. And everyone does it. So they're all guilty, I I hate you all, but <laughs> the the fact of the matter is, it annoys me, man. Because, like, what does that mean if you haven't played a game in a season? It's irrelevant. Stop it. Anyway, or at least average, you. average, even average is better than total points. Oh, but still, average. Like, what happens if someone doesn't play last year and they're oh my god, don't get yeah. me started, Tim, please. <laughs> Just do it as price. That's the whole idea before round one price. After round one, do whatever the hell you want. Before round one, just do it as price, please. Anyways, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that, well, I don't know how many people listen to me, but there might be two or three of those people, you know, that might go, yep, it annoys me too. Yep. Fair there enough. There you go. 
fair there enough. you go. That's one race. Oh, I like it. Uh, we're nearly done uh, for this preseason and wrapping up the preseason episode in just a, a moment. Tim, is there any vital piece of information or advice? And again, there's so much unknown. We've tried to cover as many scenarios that we know most of them will be null and void within 24 hours, but that's okay. We wanted to capture as many of the thought processes we have, as many potential scenarios um, to, to be able to help you as you enter into round one whenever that starts. Tim, is there any last-minute advice or reflections that we feel coaches need to have and know about? I'd say two things. Firstly, pay attention to what the AFL announces because they seem to make changes every day. Yep. So just because you heard it yesterday doesn't mean that's what's actually going to happen. Um, and the second thing, just enjoy the season because there's a lot of luck and it's not necessarily going to reflect badly on you and we're Sounds like we're going to be lucky to have any kind of a footy season, so just enjoy it for what it is. Rids, anything from you? Yeah, just remember that this absolute crisis, okay, whether you think it's overreactions or not or not enough, the reality is the only reason why we're in this situation is because people want to look after the health of everyone. Yeah. Football, at the end of the day, can be parked. Fantasy footy is not important if it comes in someone's health. Yep. No doubt. Couldn't agree anymore. Let's be a bit perspective, eh? Some good advice right there. Uh, lads, uh, appreciate both of your work on this episode. And I'll give you another piece oh, of yeah. advice. Oh, yeah. Stop buying toilet rolls. Oh. I need some, man. <laughs> I'll ship you some up to, to camera, mate. That's for sure. Oh, my goodness gracious me. Now they're going on rice and pasta. Stop it, people. You're not going to be locked in your house for a year. <laughs> we almost got through the whole episode <laughs> before we came off the long run. That wasn't the long run. That was 10 centimetres in. Uh, nice work from both of you boys. Yep, cheers. No worries, mate. Uh, if you want to go and check out any of the articles, the team reveals, uh, and exclusive Patreon content and a whole heap of other stuff, you can go and check it out at coachespanel.tv. As best we know, the preseason is almost done. The teams are about to start getting announced and will start playing games potentially. If we get to round one this week, Good luck. We'll keep being with you every single week of the journey, helping you with your fantasy footy side, doing our best to make sure it's your best season ever. From all of us here at the Coaches Panel, good luck. We'll chat to you soon.